I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. It's Glamour Hey, It's Okay, the weekly podcast that's going to help you through any situation, whether it's right on that disgusting train right now or even that disgusting job. We are here to help you. I'm Joe Elvin. I'm the editor-in-chief of Glamour magazine. Today, I'm going to be joined on the podcast by our podcast favorite, James Williams, my deputy editor, and Anita Rani is with us. And we're going to be talking about all sorts of things from embarrassing family members to ambition and whether or not, you know, that's kind of okay. So stay tuned. Yeah, so if anyone enjoying that jingle as we <laughs> fade back in. Hi, everyone. Hi, I'm Joe. I'm the editor at Glamour. Hi, James. Hi, Joe Elvin. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very well. It's Here bit, we go again. It's a bit hot and sweaty in the pod cover today. It's going to get hotter, hotter, hotter and sweatier. We are joined today. I'm really excited to host this lady. She's I don't know how she found the time to be here. Britain's busiest broadcaster. <laughs> She's star of Country File, The One Show, Strictly Alumni, now fronting a documentary. She's going to tell us all about. Hello, Anita Rani. Hello, Joe. Hello, James. Hello, Anita. Oh, could always be busier, Joe. Could always oh. be busier. <laughs> she, she's looking for some more gigs. Listen to that broadcast quality voice. Enjoy it, everyone. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. An actual professional yeah. on the podcast. Don't know about that, but yeah, it's good to be in this uh, in the Glamour Pod. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. You're very welcome. The Glod. Nice. The Glod. <laughs> yeah. That's a new name for it. I know. I've been yeah. trying to think, and I, I have to apologise to Adam Buxton, who I accidentally I started calling everybody Podcats the other day because I listened to his wonderful podcast oh, it's a great podcast. so much and i'm you expecting someone to yell at me about that i just i just slipped into it you damn you for getting that fil- first adam buxton <laughs> filthy plagiarizer Joe i know Alden. but anyway yeah, so actually yes. any suggestions for what we should call our podcast yeah. pod fans what do you want us to call you yeah let us know people all of you so tell us anita how yes. are you i'm really well i've been having a great day actually yeah. running around london floating yeah. around in the sunshine she's got the most highest heels I've ever seen in my life. So running around is uh, a you know, I only salute. wear heels I can run in. Yeah. <laughs> or wellies. So I get from one extreme to the other. Yeah, I can't run in any heels. No. So that's why I've got the bare how about, sandals. How about wellies, Joe? Hmm. That I well, you know, I don't own any wellies actually. You don't own wellies. No. You see, I didn't for a long time and then Country File happened and now I've just got a ridiculous amount of outerwear. 
So if anybody wants to discuss out of <laughs> outdoor clothing, clothes for the countryside, I'm the girl. I love that idea. It's sort of like a share from Clueless thing, but like with all your, hmm, yeah. which wellies <laughs> today? <laughs> Red, yellow, polka dots. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. barber with which pair of hunters? Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone did say to me, oh, you didn't just get a barber because you worked in country. I'm like, no, I live in East London. I've had a barber for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. A long, long time. Don't you question me. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us now, I um, was telling you before we came on air with this that I watched your documentary that's coming out August 9th yes. called Me, My Family and Partition. And I have to say, it's one of the most mind-blowing, most gut-wrenching things I've ever watched. I, I sort of want to thank you and apologize at the same <laughs> time. But yeah. it, it really it really should be because um, I basically tell talk about a period of history that is so shocking, so harrowing. Um, and forgotten. And forgotten, yeah. So a couple of years ago, I was lucky enough to be asked to make my Who Do You Think You Are? And it took me to India, to North India, where something called the partition happened, where basically... Pakistan and Bangladesh were created. Before 1947, it was all the Indian subcontinent. The British had ruled there for 200 years. Mm. Huge involvement, the Raj. We know all about that. But at the end of that, 1947, the landmass was split. And when it was divided, absolute chaos happened. And a million people died. Oh and 15 million people were displaced. They're just figures, really. But if you really take a minute to think about a million people dying. It's it makes your hair stand on end. Um, and you and you discovered in your who do you think you are that your family was very much affected by absolutely. this whole violence. Yeah, yeah. My mum's father, so my maternal grandfather, he was married. He had two children. He had a father. They all lived in what then became Pakistan. He was away because he was in the British Indian mm. Army, and they all died. They were all slaughtered along with God. the million. Of, so it's very harrowing, very traumatic. Um, and also, I, as well as all of that, I discovered the plight of women. And that really shook me to the core. Basically, women, I mean, this is really shocking stuff. So hold on if you're, if you're easily shocked. Um, because women were being, as we know, they're a weapon of war and they're, they're kidnapped and they're raped and they're murdered. Families were choosing to ch kill their own wives and daughters and sisters rather than let them be murdered. Yeah. Or they were taking their own lives by jumping into wells. So naturally, as a woman... This really shocked me and affected me, but also as, as a British Asian woman who mm. comes from that part of the world ancestrally, it really moved me, moved me so much that when the Who Do You Think You Are went out, I got a huge reaction. And most people reacted like you, Joe. They said, my goodness, we're moved to tears by the humanity in the story. Yeah. But we're ashamed to say we had no idea. And it wasn't just white British people saying that this was British Asians saying right that. but that's shocking yeah, yeah. absolutely mm. so it made me think hang on a minute I'm finally in a position where I could possibly do something about that and make another program this year happens to be the 70th anniversary so I've made a program well I say I made it I've you know an incredible tv company have made it and it's yeah, a, you front it you sort of like yeah. you're visiting the country and yeah yeah and it was an it was an idea that came from me and um we basically take four people who are the key main players in this one Hindu one Muslim, one British, colonial, and Sikh, that's my story. Mm. And we take them, second or third generation British, to go and experience and see what their family went through. So mm. incredibly moving, incredibly moving. I think what, what really um, affected me about it is, you know, we've all been to museums, we've all studied history. It's when you're confronted with living history, when you're confronted with, um, you know, there's scenes like there's an old man who was six years old when he had to escape his village somehow and he was very very lucky to do that and still be alive today and it's it's things like that when and people who are 
you know, we're living through it and going back to the house that they had to run from. I, I, it really affected me. It was mm. really shocking and a bit compelling. I had to keep watching. And I think a really important thing, and I think I have to say, you know, it's quite easy in this day and age of social media and the Kardashians and Love Island. There is, and I say this as a fan of things like that, but, you know, uh, it's good to see that programs like this are still being made yes. and there's still, you know, an audience and people are actually doing the right, you know, the right thing, I think. And that's, and that's what people, people tend to forget. You know, there's a reason why we're journalists and it's, sort of shed light on things like this absolutely and all these and that's exactly what it is about Mm. is telling stories and I think when you're in a position where now as a broadcaster on like having done Strictly and all this Mm. wonderful stuff working on Country File I'm able to go and I love that as a British woman to say you know what I want to tell you a story that happens to be some my story Mm. but also for me it's really important that this isn't just my story and it's not just a story of India and Pakistan and Bangladesh it's a British story Mm. and it's a British story because Britain was so heavily involved but also because I'm British and so by virtue of me being here this is our story I want people to and people do we connect to the humanity but you're right it is really shocking and really moving and it's only happened 70 years ago and the reason why it's so important to make this program now is they're the World War II generation who are dying out and if we don't get these stories now we will never get them and the one thing that is different about partition to World War II is that nobody talks about it. There is no memorial in any country for the million people that died. And why yeah, Why crazy, do you think it? that is? I think it's such a stain on everyone's history. I think it was, I think you've got Pakistan who are celebrating the birth of a nation. You've got India celebrating independence. You've got Britain who cut and run and maybe are hiding under a duvet somewhere mm. going, ah, okay, let's just not, let's, you know, there may yeah. be a bit of that going on. Okay, we've dealt with India, let's move on to something a bit prettier. And so then this, and it's such a horrific tragedy. It's such a brutal bit of history that I think people just found it really difficult to deal with. So have you um, ever sensed any backlash in talking about it? Absolutely. Like really? really? What, no, none whatsoever. Right. I mean, when my Who Do You Think You Are went out, people were just so moved by it. And actually people were thanking me to say, thank you for telling this story. Mm. And hopefully this program will, you know, it's television so it's there to inform but hopefully it will start a conversation even if people watching it Asian families whose grandparent might be sitting there who's never spoken about it even if someone turns around and says granny do you relate to this and maybe granny finally is able to say this is what happened Mm. even if that's all that happens then you know at least we're opening up a dialogue so you took your mother Yes. Back to the homeland. Um, how was that for her and you? Is Was it, you know, was it cathartic or was it incredibly difficult to make this it, story? It was quite um, a bit of both, actually. It was difficult because my mum was very nervous. Also, I'm bringing her into my TV world. Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. it's all very like, here we go, we're off to make TV. And mum was kind of time having to look after mum. And um, But she was so moved. The idea for her to go to Pakistan and see where her father lived she never thought this would happen in her life. Yeah. And she was so close to her dad. She was such a daddy's girl. And he died just before she got married. Um, it was It's sort of moving beyond a way that she can even express how it makes her feel. It's really kind of made her feel closer to him in many ways. I don't think she'd ever really dealt with his death. Six months after he died, she'd moved to Britain to get married to my dad. Wow. And had to just get on with life. 
So I think it was a really real moment of catharsis, actually. Mm. Actually, I've not really thought about it myself. God, now you can, I'm looking at yeah. you and you're making me want to cry. Sorry, oh. I, I promised well, myself. I really found it really difficult to yeah. watch. I, you but know. I think it's important yeah. that people watch yes, it. I think it's yeah. well done, honestly. I think it's a really well, important watch. I hope so. It'd be really interesting to hear what um, you know readers of Glamour think about it yeah. because it is... It, and especially for women, young women, I think we really need to think about how history is, is presented to us. I was shocked to discover that, you know, I'm interviewing men saying, oh, well, these women were dying with honour. I was like, no, I don't think so. It's not about honour. No, they were dying. They yeah. were dying. And if mm. I was that person, and I could well have been, it's only 70 years ago, I don't think I would have been that happy about having to jump into a well. No. no. Or like, what is the choices offered to women here? Either we kill you, they kill you, or you kill yourself. It's extraordinary, yeah. to, I mean, to, you know, to, for families to be having discussions like that ugh. with themselves. And what really stri struck me, strikes me about the documentary is, you know, on all sides, every side had that pain and that suffering. Yes. And it just seems crazy. But I think that's probably what plays into the idea that no one really talks about Precisely. it. Because they yeah. were all, I guess, kind of complicit. They were all, I guess, at fault on some level. Yeah. So, you know, no one no one comes out of this well, do they? And how I guess you, that's why no one really wants to talk about it. How do you begin? Yeah. How do you begin to talk about it? This is, I mean, there's so much stuff to talk about that isn't talked about. Mm. How many women were abducted on either side? They were taken and converted and once then both in India and Pakistan after partition had this big uh, agenda to try and bring these women back and repatriate them to their families but their families didn't want to know them their families were like well you're tainted now oh, because man. I mean it's shocking like yeah, yeah it's yeah. so much I mean it's really shocking stuff mm. and I'm sorry if people are listening and going <laughs> when when are we going to talk about nail varnish I, I promise you we will and I've got a really nice gunmetal yeah. grey on my fingers but it's really important that we at least have these like these programs are on that's why and for me more like, I can make these programs and put them out there yeah but what I love is when people get in touch with me to tell me yeah. how it's affected them that's mm. when I feel okay this has been worth it like this is what it's all about and so it's on BBC BBC one yes yeah. what time I think eight o'clock eight o'clock um, yeah. but check your listings yeah. um and yes August 9th yes yes, yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely and so what what else are you working on at the moment oh I well country file is ongoing which I absolutely love because I get to go around the country where well is in your, in your barber in your, in your <laughs> welly wardrobe although I am a total city girl I grew up in Bradford live in London have lived for 16 years I love the countryside but absolutely clueless at the beginning and I used to turn up in my box fresh kind of trainers and then I'm like okay forget it Anita you're gonna have to get oh, into wellies oh, but I just I don't know I'm you're mean, not I'd no, one with the country Joe. Some really no, nice country. I'm sorry the country it's beautiful but I you know Joe is this is this a are you throwing down the gauntlet can I can I is this a challenge try to convert her can I'd I get you into the countryside you could you could try you could, wouldn't enjoy it very much I would get like booting me back down again get rid of this whinging cow you, you love yeah. Cornwall I do love Cornwall. Yes. It's the beach and the pies. Yeah. That would be such a coup for me <laughs> yeah. to take Joe to the countryside. It could be a whole new documentary for you, I think. I think so. We don't have to go far. We don't have to go far. We can find somewhere. We'll get you in wellies. <laughs> what do I have to wear? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. it. That would be the fun of it. Yeah. All right. So we're working on that. And then I've got a really exciting project coming up later in the year, um, which I can't tell you too much about, but I will come back and talk to you about. We'll oh, hold you to very that. Glamorous, yeah. Very glamorous. Why do they always do that? I know. Because yeah. they, that... they can't wait to come back, Joe. Look, that's what it is. They're already promising to come what back. What happens they in the it. pod cupboard stays in the pod cupboard, Anita. You can tell us. Just uh, us and a few thousand us. listeners. Yeah. I'll give you one word. Go, go on. Bollywood. I mean, as words go, that's pretty much a mic drop right there. That is, that was a real, 
Yeah. Wow. Just, we need some just, sort of EastEnders style. I'm almost, I'm almost, it yeah, really is. Yeah. I'm almost speechless now. <laughs> just throw yeah. that one in there. Wow. Okay. Uh, so we'll, yeah. You must come Amazing. Back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I'd we'll... rather go to the country than try to learn a Bollywood routine <laughs> yeah. because that's really hard. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, not as hard as Strictly, but yes. It's really? Probably harder. I don't know, actually. I've never tried to learn a Bollywood Yeah, routine. people are going to get upset with you now. Like, <laughs> she thinks that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> They'll push me even harder. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a great It's very year. exciting. Mm. But not as exciting as helping us solve few dilemmas for the glamour audience. Happily. Are you ready? It's hey, yes. it's okay. Although I will admit my moral compass is very squiffy. So oh, if it's dilemmas you want me to solve. Oh, this is awesome. You've come to the right yeah. people. Good. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm off the track. What is a moral compass? Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what is this you speak of? <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What we should do is have in here like a Hey It's Okay Tombola. Oh, yeah. Because we always, um, you know, we let our guests sort of like have a look at some of the topics they want to talk about. I'd love to spin it out of like a lottery wheel. <laughs> the it's element d- of surprise. Yeah. You should do that. Yeah. That would be fun. Right. Or maybe at least one of them has to be like a rogue one. Yeah. If yeah, anyone the... knows how I make a big, really tombola. glamorous Tombola, let, let me know. Yeah, we need Lo- some Blue Peter presenters pe- or something to yeah. make one for us. Lots of people in the countryside will have Tombolas. <laughs> She's really trying okay, to get you to yeah, the countryside. Really, it's, it's, I'm warming that, to it. I'm that, warming. But that is true. Yeah. Like country fairs, they love a Tombola. Well, yeah, but I'm from Australia where they like a Chuck Lotto. <laughs> you don't know. Do you know about <laughs> no, Chuck Lotto? Absolutely. It's amazing. You buy a ticket and the, the prize is a big meat tray <laughs> and it's called the Chuck Lotto. It's a chicken. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Fill your freeze of six months. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm off topic. <laughs> is it okay, Anita Rani, James Williams, is it okay to not be ambitious? Well, I well, mean... Where, where do you want to go with it? They're Anita? both frowning. Well, yeah. I mean, I, cause I think I'm going to say something that's not going to be very popular because, but I think I, it's, it's slightly different for me. I, I make a joke of it, but I, I do genuinely kind of mean it. I've, I'm a big believer in embracing the middle. 
And I think I I have worked with people and I, and I now continue to work with some young people who are so keen to get somewhere quicker, faster, to get that high paying, high pressure job. And I'm a bit like, why are you so stressed about this? Just relax, enjoy it, enjoy where you're at, enjoy where you're earning. You know, because the truth is the further up you go, the more stressful it becomes. You don't actually enjoy your quality of life so much. And um, so I've I, my mantra for if I even have one, has always been about embracing the middle, which is kind of, I guess, anti the having ambition. I mean, don't get me wrong. I obviously had an ambition to get to a certain point, but I'm very much happy now in, in at the level where I'm at. Which is good. Yeah. It's good, it's good to know that the deputy editor doesn't He's want happy. to be the editor, isn't it? That's, I like that. There was a yeah. subtle message there, wasn't there? Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> and then at home, he goes home and yeah. schemes. It's yeah, all getting, yeah, yeah. yeah my Sticking, Machiavellian sort of, you know. pins in a voodoo, voodoo doll, doll. Yeah. Okay, yeah. James, we believe you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, how do I feel? Is it okay not to be ambitious? Um, of course, but I, my perspective is, and I guess I'm I'm coming from a female perspective, yes. that I get to travel around the country and I get working on Country File and The One Show and I get, I'm get i lucky I get to meet people from all walks of life. And I meet so many young women who I think put a full stop on themselves and second guess or somehow believe that they're not good enough to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So I feel there needs to be, and I'm kind of... With you, Joe, we can check. And I'm, Glamour Magazine is so good at doing that. It's kind of empowering young women and young men to feel that they are worth whatever that dream is, however silly it is. And I guess because we, ha- you know, we look at, I guess we, we talk about it being the X Factor generation. Everybody wants to be a pop star. Well, everybody doesn't want to be a pop yeah, star. No. There are lots of young people with really serious um ambitions and they want to become doctors maybe their teachers told them they're only good enough to I don't know gosh whatever the job might be but whatever it is I don't think I think we should encourage young people to go for it I think you're absolutely right but I do I kind of I'm really on the fence on this one oh my gosh that's so rare because I feel like you know absolutely go out be the best you can be sometimes I think that we're so busy selling that message that people are ashamed if they don't want to be top of the tree yeah. or they don't want to be the CEO. Do you know or, what I mean? Or maybe it's about being the best at what you do. Yeah. I yeah. think that's what it is. So if you are a nurse and goodness me, you're the backbone of society or you're a te- all these, inc- like the teaching police, the centerpiece of the country we live in, be the best nurse yeah, that you, you can you be. You want be people the- who are there because they really want to yes, be there. And, and also yeah. I think it's about, you know, acknowledging other people have different goals and have different levels yeah. of ambition. And I think it's about not judging people according to wherever, wherever you're at on the ambition scale. Not everybody has to be at, at the same level. And thank God they're not because otherwise we'd all be competing for the same job. But here's, but- a, here's a bit of honesty. Is it? Am I the only one who's sort of like sometimes have been on a treadmill where got to get to the top, got to get that job and then not really, really like wondering sort of like why did I want that yeah I do I do think careful that, what you wish for yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean it yeah. happens in tv all the time you yeah. get these brilliant directors who love making telly then all of a sudden they're an exec and they're like oh but I really enjoyed being out in the field yeah. Yeah. it happens all the time but I think ambition because you're in a career what no and you know that you want that's one thing but I think there's also being ambitious and happy about knowing that you, I'll give you a prime example. I'll make it personal. I've got a younger brother who I love to bits and he came and moved to London with me. And I'm like, yeah, I love telly. I'm, I'm like media stereotype. Yeah. I'm climbing the greasy pot. And my brother worked in advertising and he absolutely hated it. And he one day just said to me, you know what? I'm not like you. And I just want a really nice job where I can have a nice house, a lovely wife. And I've got, I come home at six o'clock and I can, I've got time to, make models and write a comic because that's my brother and that's yeah. his passion and yeah. now he and now he works as a lecturer and he has the best job and he loves it because he basically 
don't really know what he does for a living, nothing. Sits in the pub with his <laughs> students. Sounds good to me. And has a great life. And he's brilliant at yeah. it because he loves it. He was yeah. awful in advertising because he hated it. So I it's guess true. It, and I think, you know, I'll be personal. I, years ago, I um, was offered a job in New York. And at that time, it was like, you know, magazine editor, big magazine. That was the next step. And I kind of went through all these motions and uh, and I suddenly realized I only wanted it because that's what everybody else expected me yeah. to want. And I had a real sort of like jump back in a cold feet moment. And it was, what that, I think, that, that yeah. was a real key. of was like, oh God, how ambitious am I supposed to be? And that's when I think, when I think of those sorts of things, I think it's fine yes. to find your level of ambition Absolutely. and not feel pressured to want but more. There's always going to be that ambition crossroads isn't there where you eventually no matter what job you do there's always that tipping point where your job stops being one thing and tips into being more about bureaucracy and staffing issues and budgets and whether it's tv or whatever you know there's always going to be that element to it so i think you have to think long and hard because ultimately especially if you're in a creative job you know often the creativity is not the be all and end all once you're higher up the ladder you know it's not about that anymore so i think um but you know i think ultimately it's all down to what works for you like your brother or whoever you all all know what's right for you my friends who've had children and have chosen to step back from their career who for me are wonder women like how they do what they do how they and they and you know i guess we need to make society not make people like women who have had kids and step away feel that they should be, you know, we should. I completely agree. And on the flip side of what you, you almost touched on it earlier, I think though, Anita, it's very different. I think, you know, for an ambitious woman can sometimes be seen as, Oh, she's a bit too out there. She's a bit too like, you know, because we, I I know people who are very open about their ambition, females. And I've heard people say things, not quite mean spirited things about them, but they would never have said that about a man. So I think it's a very interesting argument about, you know, it's a, it's a very easy for me to stand here and make a sort of jokey, message about oh you know embracing where you're at but you know i'm that's my white male privilege speaking without getting too deep about it but no, that, no, that's no, absolutely true. true you know it's a very different thing for i think for women out there and i think that's a really interesting point you made yeah yeah, no, I, I love that you are able to see beyond your white male privilege. Well, that's what working at Glamour for 14 years does to you, you see, and so, you know. Yeah. Uh... No, but you're right. I think you're, it's absolutely Poor James. accepting. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That should be a hashtag at some Every point. now and again. I'm going to get into HR one day. Every now and again, in a features <laughs> meeting, I'm like, yeah, what is wrong with you men? What is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just like literally shouldering all yeah, the mistakes of my entire so. gender. <laughs> they don't even tell you why they're angry. They just come and like yeah. throw cups of water in your face. Yeah. <laughs> abuse in the office. I love it. No, no. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess where, where does that leave us on ambition? I think just chill out, yeah, yes. and be where you want to be. Like you're having such, a, you're on a roll at I'm the moment, Anita. So you're loving it, and you're yeah. going to go with it. And for other people, they might just be a bit tired yeah. and want to. Do what you want, what you yeah. genuinely want to do rather than what you think. You hit the nail on that, not what people expect yeah. you to do. Yeah. Do what you want. You know to. what the glamour message is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Hey, James Williams. Oh, hey, Joe Elvin. What are you doing on September 16th? Well, the London Podcast Festival is on, Joe, and they've only gone and invited Hey, It's OK along. No way. We're going to get some people along. Don't make us sit in a pod cupboard all alone, dear listeners. Come and see me and Joe and a fabulous celebrity guest. Is it OK, guys, to be embarrassed <laughs> by a family member? Yes. Yes. <laughs> because that's what they do. That's their job, isn't just it? Just checking. I just need to text my sister and make sure my parents don't listen to the podcast. I, then... I feel the need to put a caveat in here. I, I, I'm not embarrassed about my family in real life or IRL, I, I believe is what the kids say. Um, 
But I am slightly embarrassed of my relatives when it comes to things like Facebook. And oh, I'm not yeah. going to lie. A little bit of weed comes out when there are some alerts that come up on Facebook saying, Blank has just commented on your Facebook status. I'm like, oh no, what it's have they got said? Like, how have they outed me? What have they said? I love my parents, but, you know, there's always the button. <laughs> but, but I, I'm always, whenever I see the alert that says my father's commented on something I've said on Facebook, I'm transported back to <laughs> having my girlfriends in my bedroom and my dad coming in to impress us all with a hilarious joke. And, it, and it's like, it's kind of just... It's the modern day oh, equivalent of it, isn't it? God! Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, yes. I, I have my... I love my Uncle David. He's out there, hopefully listening. He's a very big fan and supporter. He's very funny on Facebook. But yeah, he's always there. Like, it's always humiliating me and then slightly flirting with my friends. Ooh. He's he's kind of like my Kate Middleton, Middleton Uncle Gary. Yes. But, well, not, but much cooler, Uncle David, for listening. I suppose at least none of us have Uncle Gary. None, mean, of, none of us have Uncle Gary. I mean, I, I, everyone's family is embarrassing. That's what they're yeah. there for. I have the added extra of my family being Indian. Which so the cultural thing. So growing up here, oh, I'm not going to jump on that. At no, all. no, no, no. <laughs> only you're allowed to say that, and I will talk about yeah. it. I mean, I love them dearly, and obviously, I've now come to a place of acceptance. But when I was little, yeah, we all want to fit in. When you're little, you just want to be like everybody else. And we would go on these wonderful day trips, and um, we, anyone would anyone visiting from India. My dad's really adventurous. He's one of these cool dads. He's like bundlers in the car. Let's go to Blackpool. Let's go to Whitby. Right, we're on the road, and um, or the countryside. Yeah. And, Stop and banging on about the countryside. I, I get it. You like the countryside. I love, I love the city. They have yeah, great fish and chips there in Whitby. They do. They do. Oh, they do actually. Get you there. That is true. The Weatherby Whaler. But that's not the, the country. Weatherby no, it's not. But <laughs> it's on the it's the it's yeah. the sea. It's on the ed- edge of the North Yorkshire Moors. Yeah. But um, and so but my mum would pack these incredible picnics of parantas, which are stuffed chapatis and samosas and all this Indian food. And I would just be mortified oh. because I just want cheese sandwiches, right? Yeah. Oh, but that's, However, that's, however, I have come to love that. And yeah, now I do exactly the same. But my mum is the most embarrassing. She is the most embarrassing because in my mum's head, I'm still seven and I'm not... Uh, a 39-year-old woman who works in telly and has like, absolutely no. So if we go anywhere, she'll say, oh, my daughter, she works in telly, yes. And then I'll go, God, mum, please. And she goes, if you don't believe me, you can Googles her. Not Google. <laughs> Googles. <laughs> you can Googles her, which I love. Which Come has now on, become yeah. that's adorable. No, it's amazing. Oh, God, yeah. you see, this is yeah. why nobody knows. No, you can't be a sort of parent malapropism. My mum is the queen of malapropism. She's always using the wrong word <laughs> for on. the wrong meaning. She can't get any celebrity's name right, you know. And Although, hilariously, a couple of weeks ago, and, and she She's only recently come onto Facebook and I got trolled by my own mother and it got such a huge amount because obviously my lovely friends all loved it because I, this is quite an embarrassing story. I sort of said something, you know, you're getting old when you accidentally spray uh, ha- hair lacquer under your armpits. And my mum literally said, should have gone to Specsavers. That's literally all she said. It got like 18 likes from all of my friends. But, um, <laughs> That's so, very you know, funny. But it's, it's, it's right. It's as it should be. But... You know, As they get older, they should be allowed to take the piss out of us, I think. Well, going back to the filming, I took my mum to Pakistan, wonderful experience. And I have lots of people have interviewed me about this and it's a very heavyweight interview but now we're here and I can openly admit this this is catharsis for me it's the first time I've traveled with my mother in a long time we've not spent that much length that quality of time together and we get there and we've got two hotel rooms and mom's like oh no we must share a room I'm like okay fine fine (laughs) It's okay, Mum. We're, we're in Pakistan. You've Alert. never been here. <laughs> Alert. Um, which is yeah. like, I'm going to spend quality time with Mum. But then, which is all fine. That was all great. It's when I'm sitting as a professional t- with all my crew, the director, the cameraman, and Mum is regaling them with stories of my childhood. Re- 
the most embarrassing I mean, stories. Come on, that's gold for yeah. everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, as it, it's as it should be. I'm sorry, Anita. That's and, as it should be. Yes, and they had looks in their eyes like you, like, yeah, come on, bring it on, tell us more. I'm dying. I'm dying. And then I turned into petulant teenager and oh. walked out of the room. Oh. <laughs> but that's the thing, isn't it? We spend all of this time. I want to hear the stories now. But isn't it amazing how you can be? You know, you could be away from your parents. You could be independent for like twenty years. You've lived your life. You earn. You have your. You earn your own money. You have your own house. And the second, within ten minutes of being back within your parents' company, you turn back into that petulant yes, teenager. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, the really dynamics, close. nothing changes. Oh God, I just you know, it's when my mother once got on there and started telling everybody about some boy I brought home once, and you know, it, it was just a really embarrassing yeah. story. And I sort of emailed her and said, "Can I just remind you?" My Facebook friends include my friends, my colleagues, <laughs> my husband, uh, my boss, uh, you know, lo- loads of PRs that I, it's like, she yeah. was like, oh, sorry. Like she was really cross with me. <laughs> but to be honest, I think now if, you, if you've got a, a healthy family dynamic, you pretty much know if at any point you introduce your parents or any close relatives to your friends, it's kind of like open season. You, yes. you know what you're letting yourself in for. It's only right that it should be that way. I, and ultimately, I, we're getting our revenge now because we're technically technically embarrassing them by talking about them on this podcast. Yes, absolutely. It's my, come full circle. No, my mum would love it. She'll be laughing away. That's the joy of it. But the, the, I love meeting my friends' parents because it puts them into context yeah. all of a sudden. You know, it's great. Do you know what no? I love? I love I love my friends meeting my friends, my, my parents. I love my parents meeting my friends' parents because there's this great, you know, everyone's come from different parts of the world and everything. But the, the second you put groups of parents of, of a friendship group together, it all makes sense. Because suddenly they have such similarities. See, I miss all of that because my parents are in Australia. Yeah. So I don't know any of that. So oh. they just sort of like have to reach their tentacles into my <laughs> Facebook cr- cringeometer yeah. from afar <laughs> on social media. Yeah. But I guess, oh. yeah, well, we're meeting other people's parents and parents meeting parents, but everyone's culture is so different. Yeah. So if you've got parents that are quite kind of uptight or kind of, you know, do things a certain way and they, well, like, maybe Aussies, you know, your guys are so laid back. You yeah, know, well, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, so, there's no filter. Yeah. And it's like, we need one. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was a picture no, of the no, Queen no, recently. No, no, no filter. Oh. Well, there was a picture of the Queen recently and it was the guy from Canada, Canadian, not, not Justin Trudeau, be still my beating heart. Oh. It was another Canadian diplomat and he puts his, they were coming down the staircase and he put his hand on her elbow, which is kind of a natural thing to do, but it was like, broke protocol da, da, da. The, 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 an Australian Prime Minister did that in the 50s and it was like an international scandal wow. but in Australia yeah. that's perfectly normal yeah, yeah. Like, oh, so there's always you know. that culture touching Touch, what is this touching you speak of yeah <laughs> um, but yeah I'm just going to put it out there yeah. my family's the most embarrassing but the truth is we love them for it and that's the thing I think it's only right yeah it's, it's fine to, it's okay to be embarrassed but as long as you genuinely love them Yes, I think, I think that you should never be embarrassed about where you come from. I always no. say that I'm never embarrassed about where no. I come from. No, 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 I can no, be embarrassed absolutely. by the members of my family, by things they'll bring up about me, of course, but I'm never ashamed of I'm who really, they are, no, who I'm related to. A, and, yeah. That's absolutely a really good point because absolutely, and that's you've fun. You've got to fundamentally own who you are because totally. it empowers you from the yeah. core, yeah. and it's what makes us interesting. The fact that we all come from these different backgrounds, and my dad was one of six in Bradford. I always say my dad's family is like East is East, but it's what makes them. <laughs> so cool because yeah. they've got this unique perspective northern perspective and then on the other side of the sky, i'm from uh, the western suburbs of sydney which makes me a westie which when i was a kid was the worst possible thing you could ever be but i so i felt like you know sort of like coming to london and running a fashion magazine i have to tell everyone i'm a westie for all the other westies <laughs> you're yeah, doing it for I, them. Yeah, yeah westies rule as they used to say 
Every now and again, I like to uh, read out some of your reviews for Hey It's Okay. Thank you to every single one of you. We, I'm telling you, it gets me through endless bad days hearing your lovely things that you say. And we're so touched that you're out there and listening to us. And as a thank you, I want to read a review this week and send a little pod cupboard present to Cat G 34 who said, I have recently discovered this podcast and all I can say is a huge, in uppercase, huge thank you. I am currently in a job that I cannot stand and know that I have to put up with it whilst I find the right thing and sitting with my headphones in listening to you definitely makes the days more bearable. Well, hi, Kat. Hi, Kat. I hope the job recruiting's going well. Yeah. Hang in there, take the paycheck and we'll keep making the podcast. And if you email me at editor at glamourmagazine.co.uk, I will make sure you get a little present. So thank you you'll be released from the pod cupboard soon Anita Ryan oh no I'm having a great time this well, is good let's see this was my idea this one because this is something <laughs> I'm terribly guilty of but do you think it's okay to slag off that book you haven't read or that film you haven't seen I'm afraid I do do it a yes <laughs> I'm absolutely going to bowl right in there and say yes 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 the world is full of great art great culture, great literature. People have taken time to produce wonderful movies, to think about scores of music. There's some great things out there. You haven't got enough time in your life to be wasting it reading Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) I actually have read Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, have you? I I didn't know you'd even read it. I haven't got the time. In my defense, I read it because I was supposed to be on a television show talking about the phenom. Right. And I thought, well, I I better better read read that. She does her research. She's a good journalist, Joe. Sometimes. And then, um, and then they didn't make the television show, and (laughs) and you'd read it. (laughs) There was like a couple of hours of my life I couldn't get back. See, I, um, I read, yeah. I read all three of them, but I think it's because I was so immersed and I got so bored. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the sex oh, scene, another really, sex scene. I was really excited. I thought I was going to get all turned on and have loads of great yeah. sex, and it was like oh, the sex was like it was so badly written. No, it was no. like, oh, they're at it again. But I was so oh. immersed, and I just had to, I just had to find out what happened. But I mean, yeah, I'm never getting that time back ever again. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I'm quite lucky, I guess, as part of this job. You know, you tend to get sent books in advance you get to go see screenings of films in advance so you know uh, and so I'm in a privileged position I guess whereby I tend to see most things so I have an informed opinion and I have to say I I tend to be like if I don't have an informed opinion because I have far too many opinions as it is I have far too many informed opinions I try not to have any uninformed opinions no I think you're right you're absolutely right and, I, and having said that you know we don't care yeah <laughs> no so part of me absolutely as journalists it's like of course like don't I wouldn't come on and say right I'm gonna like if I was asked to go on news nights talk about Fifty Shades of Grey yeah. I'd probably read the book first before going on there however in like my life in general I'm I'm snobby enough to turn around and say to all my mates you know what yeah whatever don't yeah. Think, I don't think I need to read it to I know. just think there's a lot of things out there that get so hyped to the wazoo that I feel like I have seen them yes. and I have read them <laughs> so but also, but, I'm kind of like bluffing my way through a dinner party and thinking I know enough about it to say oh but, I don't know the hype thing is a very yeah. interesting thing I think because I, I, you have to really catch something at the right time because I think you know I saw La La Land earlier just thinking of the same thing and I loved it I then have friends who saw it literally post hype post six months hype who literally walk, walked in and thought it was the biggest pile of shit they've ever because seen they were because expecting... their expectations yeah. are so oh, yes. high as a result of the hype so I was the opposite I thought oh god everyone's talking about this it's a musical I'm going to hate it I have no desire to watch it and then I was on a flight and I thought I'd watched everything else on the flight because I've spent a long time travelling recently I thought you know what I'm going to watch La La Land I loved it Yeah, I loved yeah. it actually and I just but thought had the, had the sort of hype died down a bit by the time you got to see it maybe yeah and also I'd sort of put 
put that to the back of yeah. my mind. I, I just won't take it have a bad is. word said about the girls. I'm sorry. I just won't. Ryan I, you know, oh. I, I, there are films of his I haven't seen that I'm sure are marvellous. <laughs> I just think he's wonderful. He's wonderful. Yeah. I watched a film recently with him and the Fass together. Fassbender oh, and Gosling in one movie. What film was that? Oh, well, it's it. talking that of like, be illegal. Yes. It's the new Terence Malick movie called Song to Song. So it's all oh. very pretentious and arty. <laughs> However, there's a, if you like Gosling and you like Fassbender, there's a lot of them on screen. Yeah. Mm. That's a lot. Not, that's not, a lot on screen. Not as much, a good wreck. Not as much as of Fassbender as you saw in Shame, yeah. but there's still a lot of him on screen. Can I jump in? I want, pass. I want to jump in yeah. here and say, though, I do feel there's a special place in hell for those people who literally just live to say, it's not as good as the book, though, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I hate those people because, okay, I, the truth is I, I'm an avid reader. I read a lot. So, you know, I often will agree. Yes, sometimes it's not, it's, the film's not done a book justice. I would just sometimes say there there are examples like Fifty Shades of Grey, the movie. Well, I would argue the film is a hell of a lot better than the than the book. So I didn't watch, I didn't read any Dan Brown books precisely right. because they were huge and everyone was reading it. I was like, oh, I'm just not interested. I'm one, and it's like it's so it's such an annoying thing about my personality. It's that tit like petulant teenage. Well, I'm not going to read it because everyone's into it. I know, <laughs> I'm the same. But I watched the film on it was a Sunday afternoon and it was on, you know. And I absolutely loved it. I yeah. thought the film of the first book, Da Vinci Code, I was like, actually, I can just switch off and get into this. Yeah. And really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I so, like to think I'm, I'm that kind of person that can you know, differentiate, you know, want, and say, actually, no, that's a good film adaptation of a book. But, you know, those yeah. people that literally just live to say, man, it's not as good as the book, But is you're it? never, ever going to get the nuance of books yes well also on, onto screen you just can't do it's it it's also far more subjective everyone unless book, you want to watch a seven hour film yeah. precisely you know, but yeah. also you a book you will all have a different picture of a person and it always makes me laugh when you know somebody is cast in a film adaptation oh, and everyone's and outraged uproar yeah. i mean it's unbelievable isn't it that's it's, not katniss no <laughs> yeah, like, the, other, the other thing i don't like is when they remake perfectly fantastic movies and then they're terrible yeah. nobody please nobody watch the remake of point break you will oh. be so upset <laughs> you will be so yeah, i'm are you talking like point break some kind of great movie <laughs> seminal uh, classic is Joe, it oh, oh yeah. uh, keanu people... and patrick swayze it's all right surfing oh. it's all right there's gonna be some angry people yeah. out there I with know, you elvin sorry. look bring it come on elvin <laughs> 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 she can't go to the countryside. Yeah. She can't be any point break fans. I mean, literally, she's living well, on the edge. I quite liked it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. Though. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get angry about a remake of Point Break. Okay, well, it was just because it was yeah. such a terrible remake. It's like, first right. of all, don't remake it. Um, if you're going to yeah. remake something. But what I do admire then about what you're saying, Joe, maybe a little bit for you, Anita. See, my problem is I can't, I've got terrible FOMO, like cultural FOMO. So if they, even if there's something being massively hyped, I pretty much have to check it out just so I can have an, like I said, I like having opinions. It's my hobby. So <laughs> I need to then basically find out about it so I can have one. So, so you will sit through. Oh, you don't, I, you I've don't need to a... find out about it to have an opinion. That's what I'm telling <laughs> you. You. Will, you will sit through that next terrible two-hour Adam Sandler movie oh just so that you could have an I'm, opinion. I'm an idiot. Why have I been? Why have I been worrying about informed opinions all <laughs> yeah. this time? I'm a fool, an absolute fool. Also, I've I'm, and I have softened. I used to be much worse, but I've married an amazing, amazing man who has the worst taste ever like his he's in movies he will just watch any he'll just sit there and he'll just watch anything so i've i've allowed myself to now kind of i don't have not everything i watch has to be in black well, and white I'll have subtitles. My, my husband is probably the most well-read person that i've ever met but he's he likes a lot of films the same as me but he loves something with big old explosions in it yeah he yeah. loves yeah, yeah, it yeah. so but yeah. it is the truth I've, isn't I've, it i've watched yeah. every jason statham movie <laughs> yeah. purely for the art yeah 
I actually really enjoy this. <laughs> it's crazy. No, He's a very highly paid actor. He's yeah. obviously doing something. Let's be honest, though. You go on Netflix and you you know there are certain films on there. Oh, right. That's won all these Oscars. And yeah, and that's been directed by so-and-so. And that's got this amazing actress. And you think, right, I should really watch it. And then you just find yourself going, or Clueless. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it? You just go. Clueless is a great movie. Because ultimately, you just want to watch something that's going to make you feel no, good, no. a bit nostalgic. But Clueless is actually a really awesome great film. movie. Well, but... it's Jane Austen. Yes. And, and and very clever. A very good adaptation, you see. Yes. Not as good as the book. <laughs> but that's very different it's better to... better than the book. Way better. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joe. She really is I'm living on the edge joking. today. joking. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think, you know, the Glamour Pod people who listen to the podcast, I don't know what they're called yet. <laughs> that makes them sound like scary aliens. The Pod people. I think, you know, they know that... Yeah. But the they're one not thing, judging us. So no, are and you, also, are the, you watching I, Love Island? Let's get topical. Oh, are yeah, I, I was, I was massively. I, I'm not. In, yeah. I'm not either. I was massively into and, Love Island. Yeah. And now it's huge, right? So yeah. everybody's watching it, and I know I don't need to watch it, even though I have because I work in telly. So I've switched on and gone, <laughs> and then I thought, well, you know what? I see that it's great, and it's people love it. I haven't got time for it. I haven't yeah. got time. It's a big com- it was a big commitment, to be yeah. fair. You know, it was a, it was a lot of... Uh, and I just like, don't want to go home and see all those yeah. bodies that are much I better know. than mine. I know. I'm sorry. I felt really yeah. inadequate. I felt yeah. really inadequate. Yeah. Uh, but on a serious level as well, I think as well, you know, we made a pact a long time ago uh, that, you know, these days, cinema tickets, books even, are expensive. So yeah. to be honest, we are not in the habit of promoting things that we haven't seen. There. Cause you, you should, I would not honestly be able to say, this film is great, go and spend your 15, 20 quid on a ticket to go and see it. You yes. know, and we often, so now we often won't review a film. Why I'm not in charge of that. Well, you know, page. we won't review a film yeah. rather than say it's horrible because we're not really in the spirit of slagging things off. So yeah. this so. is something. This is opinion I have about reviews. I actually, I don't think I could do a review because I think I would find it really difficult to take somebody's art if someone's taken the time to write a book and then fantastically had it published. Even if I thought it was the biggest load of dross, I probably couldn't read it and then review it and say it was terrible. I no. think I'd rather review something and say to people, "This is great." Yeah, but don't you? I enjoy telling people that something's great. Yes. Yeah. Yes, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. But then yeah. don't you think a lot of reviewers love telling people it's terrible? Because, you know, there are some critics out there, you know, they don't like anything. I actually want to sit them down and go, what do you like? Because yeah. you don't seem to like anything. I think they know? feel like they're not doing their job yeah. if they like something. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't, that's why I don't really, I, I don't think I let reviews influence what I go and see or not, no. if I'm honest. I wouldn't, you know, if no. I decided to see something, I would make up my own yeah. mind. Word of mouth. But yes, in the friend's word of mouth. Exactly. Yeah, it's far yeah. more. I think it does this all stem back to when we were kind of teenagers and your choice and your taste so much defined who you were and who your set was and what crowd you hung out with. And actually, I mean, I have softened quite a lot the older I get, thank goodness, because you can't live like a 16-year-old forever. It's terrible. Um, but, abs- but still, to some degree, I know that if somebody says that they listen to whatever kind of music it is, that instantly I'm like, okay, you're part of my tribe. I you know? dumped my first boyfriend because he was a solid Rick Astley man and I was <laughs> very much into the Stone Roses. <laughs> A dumpable offence. You, you can bring him to the to the Stone Roses. He wasn't. Oh interested. no, he thought that was shit. <laughs> yeah, but also I think it's, I, I love the fact that you you you, you can basically you say shit on the glamour oh, podcast. Yes. Oh, what? We are well rock and roll. We are not the BBC. No, no. It's uh, it's funny, isn't it? How you can uh, you, I think that's a sign of getting old and going into your confidence, your skin yeah. is is it when you actually admit to liking terrible things. Yes. You know, but also, can we also have a quick moment to talk about Celine Dion becoming cool again? Well, cool. Yeah. I say when, it again. Has that happened? Oh my god, it's happening. She's been embraced by the fashion community. Yeah. Everyone's obsessed 
Sister Celine Dion. And 20 years ago, this poor woman literally was the butt of every joke. If you hang around that long song, enough, you'll become exactly. ironic. Exactly. If you yeah. hang around long enough, yeah. you will become cool. There's hope for all of us. Because that, that song, that, that painful song. My heart will go on. My, she's oh. gone on 20 years later. She's now in Balmain, swanning around French Vogue. Looking it's amazing. quite compelling. It really is. So I don't know if we've solved this, and I probably haven't made myself look very good, but I, I have been known to go, oh, yeah, that looks terrible when I haven't seen it. But, you know, and I, I don't know. I'm just going to own it. I don't know about you, Anissa. I, I think you should own it. I'm going to be somewhere in the middle, actually, because I am absolutely, that is my instinct. But I'm conflicted because I have this saintly husband who's going, but you know what? It doesn't matter. People have different tastes, so I'm kind of like... At least they tried. Yeah. I try to not get angry or upset about people not liking the things that I culturally like. I mean, I, I, I don't get me wrong, I am very suspicious of people that don't like the things that I like, but I don't judge them or, you know, wish them in any way ill will. Well, that's very big of you. Thank you. And on that note, I think we're going to say, Anita Rani, it's been such a joy to have you in the podcast. Oh, I've Absolutely. had so much fun. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much. Me, My Life and Partition is out August 9th two-part series on BBC uh, you've got to see it check your listings for details but it's definitely a must view for everybody thank you so much thank, thank you. you thank you mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy terms and conditions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.